Hi guys, and welcome back to another episode of Horror Nights in Podcast. My name is Crystal. I also have my co-host Roxy the Kitty, who adds in her comments here and there depending on the topic. So on this podcast, I chat with you guys about life, mental health, and of course, horror. The films, the genre, the actors, and my love for all things scary. And don't forget to follow me on my socials and of course my YouTube channel. All the links are listed in the show notes below. So don't worry, I'll still be doing all things horror, but sort of with a mental health twist. I'm going to dive into the characters' mental states and figure out why they are the way they are. It'll make more sense once we get into the episode. And don't worry, it'll still be horror to the core, but just to shed some light on how horror films relate to normal everyday struggles, while of course always giving you my honest and horrific opinions. And a disclaimer, I'm not a licensed therapist. I simply wish to take the stigma out of mental health. I am always here to listen and also share my stories. Remember, you are never alone if you struggle with your mental health, and there are plenty of people here to listen. And if things get really dark, the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline can be easily reached at 1-800-273-8255. The Lifeline provides 24-7 free and confidential support for people in distress. So with that, let's get into the show. Welcome to Horror Nights In Podcast. Uh-huh. What's your favorite scary movie? Here's Johnny! You're gonna need a bigger boat. The boogeyman is real. And you found him. It's showtime! Happy 2020, guys! This is the first podcast podcast of the new year. So I'm super excited about that. I hope you guys had a great New Year's. Uh, So over the holiday, um, I actually went to go see Knives Out with my sister and my stepmom. This was my sister's choice. Um, I was excited about it. I would have rather have seen The Grudge, but that's okay. (laughs) Um, So we saw this film and I'm going to be honest with you guys. I really didn't know too much about it until... um, we were going to go see it. I know that it was like a celebrity edition of Clue and that Chris Evans was in it because my sister is obsessed with him. Um, but that's pretty... And Jamie Lee Curtis, of course, was in it because we love Jamie Lee Curtis. And of course, Tony Collette was in it as well. Two Scream Queens, which I'm super happy about that. Um, but other than that, I didn't really know anything else about it. Um... I know someone got murdered and might have been somebody in their family, and that was pretty much the only backstory I had. Uh, I was excited when my sister told me we were going to go see it because I know that it got amazing ratings, and um, I guess one of the actresses in the film is already nominated for something. I'm not sure exactly what that is. Do not quote me on that. I'm not sure. Um, and a lot of people in the Horror Nights in, um, horror family liked it too. A lot of you guys have told me that I need to go see it, that you really liked it, um, that it was really fun to watch, um, and that you think that I would have, you know, enjoyed it. So I went in with high hopes, um, just because I know that it got such glowing 
scores um, across all platforms. Um, but I'm going to be honest with you guys, I was kind of disappointed. And I'll get into why in a minute. Um, but just before we get into that part of the podcast, if you have not seen Knives Out, there will be spoilers in this podcast. I suggest going to see it. Um, and then coming back and listening to this episode, if you don't care about spoilers, then continue listening. If you've seen the film, obviously continue listening. Um, but just wanted to put that out there because the film is still in theaters. And of course it's a newer film because it just came out in November. Um, so obviously you guys know, I'm going to start with the normal Rotten Tomatoes IMDb rating. So Rotten Tomatoes gave this film a 97% with 92% of the audience liking it. And it got an 8.1 on IMDb. So this film, um, as a rating of PG-13, it hit theaters November 27th of uh, 2019, last year, because obviously it's 2020. And it's basically about... um, (laughs) It's a fun modern-day murder mystery where everyone is a suspect... Um, crime novelist Harlan Thornberry is found dead at his estate just after his 85th birthday. Uh, the inquisitive and debonair detective uh, Bonhomme Blanc is mysteriously enlisted to investigate. Um, from Harlan's dysfunctional family to his devoted staff, Blanc sifts through a web of red herrings and self-serving lies to uncover the truth beti- behind Harlan's untimely death with an all-star ensemble cast including Chris Evans, Ana de Armas, Jamie Lee Curtis, Tony Collette, Don Johnson, Michael Shannon, Lakeith Stanford, Catherine Langford, and Jaden Martell Knives Out is a witty and stylish whodunit guaranteed to keep audiences guessing until the very end. Um, so yes, amazing cast written and directed by Rain Johnson who did help with... Um, Star Wars, I believe. Um, he, yes, Star Wars The Last Jedi, which I believe came out last year. So yes, an amazing cast. Um, it was funny, throughout the duration of this entire film, I was trying to figure out where Marta was from, and she's actually from um, Knock Knock, which is a thriller film. It's more of an indie thriller, I guess, uh, with Keanu Reeves in it. She plays like a con artist with another female um, character. And, but she had blonde hair in that film and I was trying to figure out who she was the whole time I was watching Knives Out and I just looked it up when I was making my notes and I was like, oh, she's from Knock Knock. If you haven't seen Knock Knock, um, I would go check it out. I thought it was pretty good. I liked it. Um, it didn't get very good reviews, but, (laughs) um... If you guys like Keanu Reeves, I mean, Keanu Reeves was a little cheesy in the film, but I always thought Keanu Reeves always played somebody kind of cheesy. Um, but either way, Knock Knock um, was a good film. She was in some other, she was in a ton of other films too, but that's just, I remember her face from that film. So um, it was cool to see her take on a role like this with such um, an amazing cast. And I think that was maybe another one of the reasons why I was sort of let down because I feel like the cast was amazing. Um, But anyway, let's get right into it. So we find out at the end that the black sheep of the family, Ransom, who's played by Chris Evans, was actually the bad guy. Um, So the guy that nobody in the family really liked, the douchebag, 
became the ultimate douchebag in the end. Um, I honestly wanted it to be Meg or even Jacob, but definitely not Ransom. I also had another theory throughout the entire film, and I wish that I had been right, um, that I wanted it to be Marta. I wanted her to to be this like ultimate badass con artist and also have like Harlan be on be in the con too since uh, his family wasn't all that great. He didn't want them getting his publishing company or the money um, or his house. Um, I, I wanted it to be like this whole like Harlan met Marta in passing and figured out that she was conning people and basically was like, hey, like, my family's really shitty, so how about you help me con them and because I want you to have the money. Now, I understand that the whole Marta, you're so kind person, persona thing would have went right out the window. But I think that blaming it on the black sheep and the douchebag of the family was a little cliche. Uh, and I do, I do know, I, I get it, that a lot of films pin it on somebody that you wouldn't think would be the villain when you like we all assume that it would have been ransom because he's the douchebag but it actually turned out to be like meg who wanted to get all the money for herself because she hated her mom or something like that or have it be like uh jamie lee curtis's husband because um because he was like uh you know wanting to run away with his mistress or something like that which what I would have made more sense, of course. Um, but I personally like my idea, which Marta being the ultimate con artist at the end, and the only person who was in on the con was Harlan, and he wanted to, you know, die anyway and make sure that his fortune, his estate, and his company was left to somebody that he actually liked. Um, I mean, I, I do at the end of at the end of at the end of the, the movie. I guess I do like the fact that the money did go to somebody that was kind and good hearted and all that. But I don't know. It just wasn't. There's a lot of other reasons which I'll get into. Um, the movie was very long. Um, Daniel's Craig accent was good, but as soon as he opened his mouth, I could not get the picture of Yosemite Sam from Looney Tunes out of my mind, and I was completely distracted every time he talked. Um, do I think that he did an amazing job? Yeah, yeah, but at the same time, I wish that he had got, I wish that they, I understand that he was a Southern PI detective, I get it, that he was like a world renowned and all this, but southern i i just i don't i don't really like the accent that much i don't know it just kind of took it away from me not that there's anything against southern people i was born in north carolina people i get it <laughs> um but i don't know i just that was very distracting for me wasn't a fan of that um i also wanted to see kind of more of the house i feel like they did a good job when we got to see like the secret places and like the the secret window on the third floor um and you know we got to see where he where his like his little living area was upstairs but the house is huge like I like seeing the inside of mansions I watch videos on YouTube um that go around people's mansions and give them house tours um like I was obsessed with MTV Cribs because I loved seeing these big ass houses so I wish that they had shown more of the house um and more of the things that were in it um Another thing is I kind of wanted a little bit more background on the family. We got some of it, but I wish that they had done more of that. Instead of kind of just telling us who they were, I wish that they had shown it 
Like, I wish that they had shown, like, Meg at school or wish they had shown, you know, certain different things like, t- like, um, Joni or Tony or I can't remember. I'm not going to get her name right. But the, the Tony Collette's character, like, I wanted to see, like, her Instagram feed. Like, stuff like that. Especially because it was supposed to be, like, funny. Um, but I do understand at the same time when it comes to films like this, you kind of want to keep the setting all in the same place, um, which... Uh, would make sense um, when it comes to like a murder mystery. Uh, it also kind of reminded me if you guys watch Family Guy when um, I forget who was killed. I'm just thinking literally off the top of my head right now. But if you guys watch Family Guy, you know what episode I'm talking about where they're stuck in a mansion and, and the one guy gets murdered and they all have to like run around and figure out who murdered the guy. So it kind of reminds me of that. I am a huge fan of Clue. Um, so it's not that I didn't like the, the skeleton of the film cause I really did and I was excited about it. Um, and it's, there were just certain things, like I said, like I didn't like the fact that Chris Evans was picked. It was really long. I'm not a fan of Daniel Craig's accent. I wanted more of the house background of the family. Like you have such a cool cast. Like I feel like, I feel like they each weren't given enough spotlight, um, I mean, Jamie Lee Curtis did a phenomenal job acting without even using her words. I mean, there were times when she was on screen and her reaction, her facial expressions were hilarious. Um, So it was also another thing, too. It was also kind of confusing as to why Detective Blanc picked Marta to help him with the case. Now, I'm not really sure what the protocol is for PIs and detectives, but I don't think that you can have a non-qualified person just kind of jump onto a case and help find clues. Um, Another thing, too, was um, the blood that was on Marta's shoe. So if Blanc was this great PI, renowned detective, like, shouldn't he have asked for her shoe and sent it away for testing? Like, why did he assume that she was just a kind person and wait to see if she actually did it or if the family did it? So that was kind of, I really didn't, I don't know if that was added in later or if it was something pertaining to Harlan's books that I might have missed. Um, it just really felt like a B version of Sherlock Holmes. I loved Sherlock Holmes. I love the film Robert Downey Jr. does an amazing job. I just felt like this was like the United States version of Sherlock Holmes, like the U.S. version of it, and um, I was not a fan of that. I mean, he Daniel Craig literally called Marta like the sidekick that Sherlock Holmes says in his in those films too. So it's kind of just like a little. I was very disappointed. Um, I feel like the ending was very elaborate with the whole back and forth of him like building this whole thing up and then finally, you know, saying that, um, Ransom, Chris Evans' character was the one who was, who did it in the end. I don't know. I just found it very, like, the really, like, you, there were so many things that revolved around this film and this movie and the actors and the cast and everything. And it's just like, I wanted more. Um, I know there are a lot of people out there that really enjoyed this film and I'm glad that you enjoyed it. Um, but obviously this is my opinion on it. Would I watch it again? No, I'm not going to go out of my way to, to rewatch this film. Um, but yeah, if you liked it, that's great. So now I kind of want to move on to the family dynamic. So we have this family 
and we have the daughter, the daughter's husband, and then their kid. We have the nan, who is Harlan's mother, um, and then we have Tony Collette and her kid, Meg, um, and then we also have um, the other brother who and his wife, and then their kid, who played Bill in It. Um, and then we, of course, have Marta and the detectives and Daniel Craig. So there's a lot of things going on. Um, so I kind of, just, like I said, just want to focus on the family. So we're not talking about Marta. We're not talking about the detective, any of the detectives. Um, and as we can tell, money makes you very greedy, made the family very rude, sneaky, um, Joni and Meg's storylines, for example, obviously you guys know that Meg went, she probably went to a private school that was super expensive. Um, and the grandfather Harlan was paying for the schooling. Um, and one wire transfer was going to the school and another wire transfer was going straight to Joni's bank account. So obviously Joni was scamming, um, Harlan for money. Um, so Obviously, Harlan did love his family, but he really didn't like them. Um, he, I, I truly believe that he loved his daughter, Linda, um, and his granddaughter, Meg. But the rest, he was just frustrated with them for being greedy, cheating, and overall just very selfish people. Um, and to deal with the stress of his family and honestly teach his family a lesson, um, it was not surprising that he picked Marta to have all of his wealth and his assets in the publishing company. I kind of called that one. As soon as I started to read the will and it was, and the, the lawyer like said, oh, this is short, this will be easy, and started reading everything, I was like, oh, he's going to give everything to Marta. Um, so that I was not surprised, of, surprised on at all. Um, so... Kind of moving into more of the, the mental health portion of this podcast, and we want to talk about family dynamic and money and how money can have just like, a, can just do a huge number on your mental health. Um, so the first article I want to talk about, I actually found from Cosmo. Um, all the articles I, I discuss in, in my podcast are always linked in the show notes below if you guys want to read the whole thing, because I'm not going to read you the whole thing. Um, this one in particular is called Money and Mental Health, One Trigger of Mental Illness That Nobody Ever Talks About. Um, so a quote from this is, with research indicating that one in four people are affected by poor mental health and of those, around four million will also struggle with their financial well-being, it's become clear these two issues are often linked. And it's not just a theory. A 2012 survey carried out by the Citizens Advice Bureau revealed that 74% of people in debt said it has impacted their mental health. The problem is, despite such high numbers of people having this experience, it's hardly ever spoken about. So this article from Cosmo was from 2017, I believe. Don't quote me on that. So I think that the mental health community and the mental health awareness community has definitely made strides. So I think that um, more and more people are starting to talk about their mental health. So it's not too much of a stigma anymore. Um, but going back to how money, um, can completely transform a family dynamic, um, don't quote me on this either, but I'm pretty sure a lot of reasons why people get divorced, um, one of the main reasons, or where people fight in marriages is because of money. Um, money is just a huge constant worry and stress that people and families have, so it's no wonder that the family and knives out sort of drove themselves mad over it and pinpointed each other against one another. 
Um, so if there was no money or house or company, the family wouldn't really care too much about that. They would probably care more about the fact that their, um, their father, their grandfather, um, father-in-law had just died of a suicide. Um, so they wouldn't be fighting over each other, hiring PIs and like scamming each other. Um, so predictions on the mental state of the family once their money is gone, probably not good. Debt is also one of the biggest mental health strains out there. Um, so there's another, uh, article I read. Um, it's called how money affects your mental health and how to help it. So depression, anxiety, and disorders, they're all, they're the most common mental health symptoms associated with debt and substance abuse risk is also increased. So like I said, the reason I wanted to kind of touch on this portion of the mental health world is because this family didn't care that they just lost a member of their family. They only cared about where the money and the company were going, which is a huge red flag indicator that something is off with the way that you're thinking. Now, yes, guys, I am going deep into the psychic on this one or the psyche on this one. I get it. I understand. But I just wanted to, you know, shed a little bit of light on how money um, does not equate to happiness. I think money helps, but as we all know, money will never bring you true happiness. Um... And money is 100% connected to your mental health. I remember when I was in my 20s and I was struggling very hard with money. And when you can't afford to pay for something like your rent, um, which I have been in a position before. I'm not afraid to admit that. I'm not embarrassed to admit it either. Um, You really don't care or think about anything else. So... On one side, I can sympathize with the family because they have equated such a lifestyle that they don't really know how to live any other way. Uh, For example, Meg has only gone, she's probably only gone to this school her whole life. She's used to going to this kind of school. Uh, Joni is used to living this influencer life, Um, but she could probably get brand deals, so she'll be all right. Um, but for everyone else, I mean, um, the one son who wanted to sell the book rights to go, um, to be made into films, this, his work that he did for his father in this company, um, was the only thing he's ever known. So when you are faced with something like that, um, it's extremely difficult to try to get yourself out of that. So when I was struggling um, with financial issues, I was a student and I was also working full-time at a TGI Fridays and my roommate at the time was just, didn't have a job, pretty much. Um, She lived rent-free because she was trying to find a job um, and she was doing like, she had one job and it was like, um, it was, it was at a school. So obviously if you're like not a teacher or supervisor, you don't get paid during the summer. So during the summertime, she told me she was getting a job and she didn't. And you're kind of just like in this sort of alternate reality in your mind when it comes to money, because you think that, oh, it's okay. Like it'll be fine. 
Um, it'll be okay. And basically it got to the point where we're almost evicted, but of course, ultimately in the end, everything was fine. Um, she ended up going back to the job that she had and, um, we got our way out of that position. Um, but the reason I'm talking about this is because the family, as I said, was so used to living one way and now they can't live that way at all because the money that they were given is gone. All the money that they were at, that they had coming in, all of the, um, whether it be because Harlan was giving it to them, like he was giving it to Ransom and he was giving it to Meg. Um, and then the son, he just worked. So he was getting it from a paycheck, but everything was connected back to Harlan. So they were so used to living this one way. Um, and now they're going to have to try and figure it out on their own, which Harlan ultimately probably would have wanted because, uh, to give his family the fortunes that he had would have just, they would have just stayed the same people. Now, I don't want it to get too dark because the movie was funny. There were funny parts of the film that I really liked, but the mental health of the people, um, in the family will probably not do well if they don't figure it out. Um, will they figure it out? Yes. Uh, they'll be fine. I'm, I'm sure. Um, Marta said that she would take care of Meg and her schooling. Um, so that part of the film, see, I don't really know if I, see, I don't really know if I like the fact that she was like, don't worry, Meg, like I'll take care of you. Cause it's sort of like she was saying already, well, this money is mine and I'm not giving it back to you. Um, so I just, I don't know. I don't know. This, this film, it, it obviously made me think about, things and what I would do in a situation like that but at the same time it's kind of just like I don't know as reasons I mentioned previously there's reasons I mentioned already in the beginning of this podcast I don't know guys it just wasn't I didn't really like it um and I'm not gonna watch it again <laughs> but I hope that if you guys watch it or if you haven't watched it yet I hope that you like it it's always fun to find a film that you really like um but I'm just, I just don't have faith in movies, new movies anymore. That's why I always stick to watching the same movies over and over again. Like, I will forever continue to rewatch Scream and Friday the 13th and Halloween and all these, you know, all these, I mean, yes, It um, and It Chapter 2 were great. But also based off of a book, which I'm reading, which I enjoy. So I just, I don't know. I don't know, guys. I wasn't a fan of this film. I would have rather seen The Grudge, but my stepmom can't watch horror films, so I'm okay with that. Um, will I like The Grudge? I don't know. Maybe. Um, but that's another thing, too. Like, I don't really go to the movies to really watch, like, a new film. I'd rather just... Unless it's something like It or It Chapter 2 or, you know, Halloween Kills, Halloween Lives, Halloween 2020, whatever, whatever the title is. Obviously, I'm going to go for that because it's my genre of what I love um but yeah I don't really go to the movies to watch anything but horror anymore and I'm totally fine with that um so I think that's gonna be it for this episode guys thank you so much for listening I hope you guys enjoy the new format don't worry it's always still about horror as I said even though Knives Out wasn't really a horror film in my opinion but whatever um it's more of a murder mystery um, but yes, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Make sure you guys are following me on my socials and 
um yeah i'm i will talk to you guys soon and you guys have a great day night weekend week whenever you listen to this episode i'll talk to you soon all right bye guys